0: Good afternoon, patriots. This is Living with Liberty, your source for common sense and truth. I am your host, Ryan. Today I will talk about if we are truly seeing a Marxist revolution in our country or if it is something else disguised as one. Next on Living with Liberty Are we seeing? a Marxist revolution within our country right now, or is it something else? I came across an American Greatness article titled, Persistent Leftists Aren't Necessarily Persistent Marxists by Paul Gottfried. That made me curious. As we go through our daily lives and the news cycles, we hear Marxist this and Marxism that bantered about in the political discourse of the day, a lot of pundits and talking heads, right on down to what we see on social media. We've heard the uh, BLM grifter Patrice Cullors call herself and her co-founder, Trained Marxist, is what we are experiencing, what is seemingly being forced upon us, actual Marxism, Or is it some other form of leftist totalitarianism that is trying to gain a foothold? Now Gottfried's answer is what he calls a provisional no, it is not Marxism that we are experiencing or or seeing today in, in society. What Gottfried notes is that the differences between traditional Marxism and today's woke culture are too great for the Current political movement to be called Marxism. Now, I would say after reading Gottfried's piece and kind of regrounding and researching and refreshing my own understanding on the root ideologies of Marxism, I would have to agree with him that what we uh, have right now is not Marxism, but a blatant power grab by leftist elites and oligarchs and politicians who are no longer satisfied with controlling their business or even the equity markets uh, and no longer interested in representing their districts in the case of politicians. They want something bigger to control. They've got big egos. They feel like they've defeated... uh, Uh, kind of business game, so to speak. So they have a, a need for or a want for something bigger, and they want to do this in order to satisfy their quest for power and influence. Now, first, let's start with Marxism and what it actually is at its core. Marxism is rooted in the class struggle between the bourgeoisie and the proletariat, or in other words, the business owners and the workers. Karl Marx taught that the relationship between the two was exploitative and would create class conflict. He believed it would be this conflict that would lead to a revolution where the working class overthrows the business owner class and that the working class would then seize control of the economy. Marxism at its core is an economic theory that is based on the struggle between two social classes And this uh, uh, theory makes the assumption that people are unable to move between classes. Once a proletariat, always a proletariat. Marxism is rooted in the little guy taking over, taking control of the economy, and creating a communist state where there is no private property, no money, no class system. Now, in this context, what we have today is not Marxism, but some bastardized version of it. We do not have the workers rebelling against the business owners and elites. We have the elites playing puppet master, using identity politics to create an imagined disparity amongst the people. We have them creating this uh, imagined and and forced, really, uh, conflict where Honestly, there wasn't any. In America, class was never going to work. The opportunity is there for someone to better their situation should they be willing to take the steps and put in the work to do so. Also in America, we have free markets. And with that is labor is a free market. So this idea that uh, the, the business owners would take and exploit the workers is Uh, you know, in essence, nonsense, especially in modern times where uh, the workers are free to come and go from jobs as they see fit. They're free to market their skills and abilities and actually take the highest price. I think um, I'll use my own um, uh, chosen profession as an example. And within supply chain, if you've got, especially if you've got supply chain, specific supply chain Uh, training and education and certifications, uh, you basically set your own market rate. There's no business that's going to take advantage of you because there's so few um, supply chain jobs out there, supply chain uh, trained people out there, workers out there, and way more jobs that need to be filled. And and we see that across all, all, uh, uh, not all, but a lot of industries. We don't want to use absolutes. Um, but a lot of industries, it's kind of the same story. You see, uh, if there's a shortage of workers, the the wages are going to go up. There's got to be a way to attract workers. You know, that's one of the flaws here, which, uh, you know, I'll explore more in depth at another time. But with that, the, you know, kind of that the way we're set up here in, in America, class a class struggle was never going to work. It was never going to happen. Since the class struggle was a no-go in terms of getting uh, some sort of uh, animosity going between groups, the elites had to turn to the one thing that we as Americans can't change, how we were born, the amount of melanin in our skin. They've chipped away at our, our identity as Americans for generations, and we are now to the point where the left is using that weakened sense of Americanism to divide us by our race. It gets us to ignore the big picture of what is really going on because we're too busy squabbling amongst ourselves over something totally out of our control. Not only that um, kind of bringing this back to the Marxism, we're squabbling amongst ourselves as, the proletariat class, if you will, we are not uh, really going after that elite class, the business owner class. It's it's in it's infighting amongst ourselves. Whereas Marxism says it's a struggle between a higher level, a higher class, an elite class, and an underclass. So that right there takes what we see today and uh, throws it being a Marxism a, a Marxist. Res- revolution out the window. Now, Victor Davis Hanson puts it this way. He says this, Those whites smeared for having privilege usually do not have it. Those who smear them, white and non-white, usually do. Here's the translation of that. It's the elites that are the ones rising up against the working deplorables, pitting the working deplorables against each other not against the elite class. Like I said, the elites are playing puppet master here. This is not exactly a recipe for a Marxist revolution. Like I said, it's an infighting amongst the proletariat class, let's call it. Now, Gottfried has this to say about Marxist movements in his piece. He goes, or he says, There is no Marxist movement I am aware of whose members come largely from Martha's Vineyard, the Chicago North Shore, Kamala Harris's Los Angeles Cl- Country Club, and other locations where the leisure class hangs out. And Godfrey goes on, We are witnessing limousine liberalism on steroids, and it looks nothing like European Communist parties circa 1948, with their working class base and generally puritanical morals. So, how many Marxist organizers of the past went on a spending spree buying up expensive properties and vacation spots in bougie Los Angeles neighborhoods? I would think that a trained Marxist like Grifter Patrice Cullors would know that the end game of Marxism is communism, where there is no private property. So eventually she would not have ownership of those properties anyway. They would belong to everyone. We all could live in that house in the bougie Los Angeles neighborhoods or the vacation homes in Aspen or wherever it was she bought You know the other ones. It's hard to say that it's a Marxist movement. When you have grifters like colors snapping up multiple properties and one only has to... Uh, make a presumption that it's with money donated to BLM itself. There's not much of that money uh, that's been donated to BLM uh, going back into the black communities. It's also hard to call what we are seeing today Marxism, when the focus is not on socioeconomic struggle, but social discrimination, or more accurately, a manufactured social discrimination. Not a one of today's race baiters has been able to substantiate their claims of systemic racism being alive and well in this country. Are there racist people? Yes, there are. There always have been and unfortunately probably always will be. But do we have a systemic racism problem in this country? Absolutely not. Gottfried says there is little shared ground between working-class grievances and the demand for sex hormone therapy for grade school children who wish to change their gender. In essence, what we have is an attempted movement based on distracting people from what the elites are doing, not based on actual principles of socioeconomic strife, a.k.a. Marxism. So if it's not marxism, what is it then? I believe it's a desire by these large companies, these oligarchs, these influencers or politicians to become monopolies and uh, basically aristocratic rulers of our democracy, of our constitutional republic. Now the CEOs of these tech companies have been so successful and Growing these companies in a short amount of time, such a short amount of time when you go back and compare um, other uh, industrial um, entrepreneurs and how quickly they were able to grow their companies. You know, relatively speaking, I think these, these tech companies have had a lot shorter um, uh, path to uh, growth than those uh, industrial giants. They've been so successful, their egos have gotten so big they believe they can control an entire society they are no longer content with controlling their company or even the market they want to impart their twisted vision of reality on everyone in society now facebook has admitted to running experiments to see if they could influence outcomes of elections and then in the past election cycle here we saw how much more influence they wielded as They slanted the content towards Biden. If that doesn't say we want to control society, we want to control the thought process of society, we think we can control the thought process of society and make everybody bend to our will, I don't know what else does. Now, perception is reality, and these companies and Democrats want small businesses crushed. I think we saw that with all the lockdowns. How can a uh, Walmart be an essential business, but a uh, a smaller local, you know, either a smaller local chain or even just a smaller local store that sells many of the same items, not be an essential business. During that lockdown, we saw the government picking winners and losers because they want to control our economy. They want to control our society and they Want the influence? Excuse me, influence of these big businesses in order to do so, and it's a symbiotic relationship. The big businesses want to cozy up to those politicians because they know they're the ones making the policies that are going to help them in their quest to monopolize our society with their business, with make them the only choice to drive competition out. The big companies want the small businesses out of the way, so they be- can be, uh, become a total monopoly then. The Democrats want the small businesses out of the way, so then those owners aren't so independent and are, sub- are-, are forced to be subsisting on the government's teat. Now, in her piece, A Mom's Research, Part 4, why are many uh, elites leftists? Jean Chen notes that in an economic sense, we can see a common characteristic between the elites and the leftist radicals we see today. or left excuse me, leftist radicals of prior generations, communist radicals, I believe is what she termed them. They both want to get something for nothing through political control, either by robbing and killing to take other people's property. Or by using political means to gain huge wealth through a monopoly. Now, big government is advantageous to the elites. Like I said, they're cozying up to the politicians and, and and the policymakers to to rig the game in their favor, basically. And what better way to do that than have a you know huge government and and spend spend spend. Throw crumbs to the the people, and the rest goes to the special interests. And now we've got you know the re-entry of earmarks into to the conversation here as Congress is starting to put things into the bill to, that have nothing to do with what the bill's about. It's just a, becoming a another way uh, back to funneling money to pet projects that only a small uh, amount of people usually within whatever town that that, uh, pet project is, is going to benefit from. So the the elites, the business owners, then get to curry the favor with the politicians by doing their bidding then. Things like crushing dissent on social media sites. Or propagating outright lies in the case of the legacy media to make the preferred candidate not seem like a total buffoon to make the preferred candidates seem uh, to kind of sweep all corruption and and questions of character under the rug. And in return for that, these companies get the politicians to look the other way as they build their monopolies and crush competition and engage with our enemies. Google canceled a Department of Defense contract because they were working with China on the same thing. Often these elites are hypocrites. Now, if we look at uh, BlackRock, BlackRock is the largest asset management company in the world. It's here, uh, and this story is a, a classic case of gaining power and influence basically for nothing. BlackRock manages other people's money, it invests it in things, it owns nothing of its own, it has no uh, factories, it has no Uh, websites or social media sites that basically takes your and my money and invests it in companies in terms of capital to raise funds so that those companies can, can expand. Yet, even with this, BlackRock can make companies bend to its will. Chen notes in her piece that BlackRock makes American companies fulfill its sustainability standard yet it imposes no such requirement on Chinese companies. Why is that? If you guessed it's because China is a huge untapped market for BlackRock, you would be correct. These companies have no interest in things like human rights abuses or uh, just countries being... uh, Basically, enemies of ours stealing our intellectual property, infiltrating our institutions, uh, outright utilizing our social media, releasing a or or, or hiring a bunch of trolls to uh, change public opinion on social media through propaganda. They don't care about that. It's let's bow to China because that's a huge untapped market for us. We have in essence, a totalitarian technocracy that is attempting to form here. This isn't Marxism. This revolution isn't being uh, propagated by working class people. It's the elites of our society who are creating divisiveness amongst the citizens, amongst you and I, to distract us from what is really going on. To distract us from what their real aim is—to form a new world order that of which they are the head of, of which they have total control of, and have total uh, sway over our lives—they so they tell us what we can and cannot do. They want to take away our freedom of choice, to take away our liberty. What we have to realize here is our struggle is not with each other. Our struggle is not between you and I, the working class citizen. It's not between, you know, blacks, whites, Mexicans. It's not between us. Our struggle here is with the egomaniacs in charge of the large companies and our government. We put these Officials, elected officials in office, they ignore our wishes and then give preference to the corporate cronies in, uh, you know, regards to kind of uh, call it evening up for campaign donations. And then the corporate cronies go and do their bidding and be the talking, uh, the mouthpieces for these uh Whacked out government officials that we've elected, and even further down the line to the bureaucrats that aren't elected, that they're just appointed by the lunatics in office. Truthfully, we need to understand that our only identity is as Americans, and we need to unify around that and to stop taking the bait these leftist elites keep throwing out in an effort to divide us. Our struggle isn't against one another, isn't with one another. Truth be told, it's not even necessarily uh, with the big corporations. Our struggle is against those who have no regard for the Constitution, who have no regard for liberty and freedom. Our struggle is against those who want to control us, who think they can control us, who whose egos have gotten so out of control and whose souls are not satisfied with their lot in life that they always have to go seeking the next thing. And really, at this point, the ultimate uh, thing to control is society itself. That is who our struggle is against. So no, this isn't a Marxist revolution. This is a struggle of everybody who values liberty and freedom against those who don't. And we need to realize that if we don't step up, if we don't stop taking the bait uh, of these elites who keep throwing it out there to get us fighting amongst ourselves, and if we don't stop that and turn our attention to the real threat, the threat that it's these elitists who are, think they're better than everybody else, and realize that they are the ones that we should be uh, looking at and going after in the sense of of telling them, no, we are going to live as uh, free people just as God created us. We will end up as uh, basically subjugated to an elite, elite uh, technocracy, a totalitarian technocracy. Friends, it's time for us to stand up. It's time to, for us to stop waiting on others to lead the way. We all can do a small part. The sum of a, the sum of a whole is made up by many, many little things. It all, only takes everybody doing one little piece, just one little piece, and we can create a, a big win for ourselves. Friends, that's my show for today. I thank you for tuning in. I'd be so grateful if you checked out my website livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find my original articles as well as other content and resources to help us along the way. I'd also be so grateful if you subscribe to my show, and if your listening platform allows, uh, leave a positive review. It helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. You can do that by subscribing to my show as well as signing up for notifications. Follow me on social media. My main account is on Parlor. I am at LivingWithLiberty. I am also on Miwi. Just search for Living with Liberty. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.